Hello and welcome to the Build with Clay podcast. I am your host, Clay Davis. This podcast is designed to introduce you to people from across the world who have one thing in common. They want to grow in their life and inspire others. You'll get a front row seat to hear about how they define their mindset and their purpose. We'll unearth their habits, their failures, and learnings throughout their journey. And this will allow you to take those habits, those failures, and those learnings and apply them to your personal growth journey, no matter where you're trying to build yourself and grow. This podcast is designed for you, so thank you for being here. Prepare to meet interesting people, hear fun stories, learn something new, and plan to leave inspired. This is a special podcast takeover by Joel Fleming. I had Joel on an earlier episode of the Build a Clay podcast with his business partner, Zach. On this episode, Joel takes the mic as host of this special episode of the Build with Clay podcast. Joel knows what the people want, and it's an interview with me and my brother, Jamie Davis. In this episode, Joel spends the first 25 minutes asking myself and Jamie to answer get-to-know-you questions, weaving between serious and not-so-serious. Joel then has me and my brother dive into our lives and how we were impacted by fatherhood, and losing our father to ALS. Discussion leads into how our perspective on work has evolved and how the word love is now used in the Davis household. Enjoy. This is the Joel takeover. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Build With Clay, the Joel takeover podcast. Today we're going to be talking vocation, life, family, all the above. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Can't wait. I don't think Jamie knows the reference. I don't. (laughs) What references do I know? It's a football player, jet football player. I'm a big football guy, so I'm surprised I don't know that. If William Blackley listens to this podcast, he'll get it. I know that for sure. Got it. All right. So I'm going to do, last time you had a couple of fun, kind of just get, you know, get get going questions. I came with a slew of them. I'm just going to kind of hit them rapid fire when I feel like stopping. I'll stop, okay? Let's do it. So, are we going to uh, do you do any intros or no? We'll like, get there. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Do you want to do that now? It's your show, bro. That's a good point. I'm going to do this how I want. You know what? Let's go ahead and do some intros. That's why we're we're all mind mouth right now. One mind, one mouth. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh yeah, let's do some intros. Give me, you know, it's funny on my list of the quick questions, the first question is intros. So, <laughs> <laughs> Crushing it. I just started making these notes a few days ago and didn't realize it was number number one. So number one, give me a 30-second rundown of you. Jamie Davis. I am I was born in Charlotte. Moved to Raleigh when I was five. Been here ever since. Went to Broughton High School. Went to um I did go to a school in middle school for learning disabilities, so I'm not the brightest kid in the bunch, but I overcame that. We can talk more about that later. And now went to NC State. Now I'm married, almost ten years in May. Two kids, a eighteen month old boy and a three and a half year old daughter. All right. Almost within thirty seconds. We'll let it slide. Thank you. Clay. Clay Davis, born in Florida, brother of Jamie Davis sitting next to me. Two or wow, I was about to say I have two kids. I have three kids now. <laughs> Seven, five, eighteen months. Lovely wife Whitney. Wonderful friends, live in Raleigh, close to Joel and Jamie. Big Tar Heel fan, love sports, love golf, love pickleball, 
still play flag football and basketball. Love spending time with my kids and uh, prioritizing the right things in life. Wow. Great job. I did not know you were born in Florida. Where in Florida? 18 months of my life. Atlantic Beach. Were you Jacksonville? Atlantic Beach. I just assumed because he was Charlotte. I just always assumed you were Charlotte too. Was that dad's job? Dad's job. And then my mom wanted to be closer to home, yeah. which for her is outside of Raleigh. And so we got closer, moved to Charlotte. Jamie was born. We were there for Mallard Creek. About Mallard Creek Church go, Road. Go Ducks. And I don't even know what the actual. We moved there in 95 or moved here in 95. Yeah, moved, moved to Raleigh in 95 and been here ever since. All right. Wow. Learn something new every day. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, Clay. What is your go-to power breakfast? Scramble two eggs. Put avocado on to on toast. Have so have the egg avocado. Actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big key ingredient. Trader Joe's sells this uh, chili oil. Mm-hmm. It's chili onion crunchy. Oil. Oh yeah, that stuff's good. So I put that in the pan. Mm. Cook my eggs in that. Toast bread. Two slices of bread. Put avocado on both of them. And then if I'm really hungry and looking for extra power, I will make a smoothie with bananas, strawberries, spinach, hemp hearts for protein, water, and some blueberries. And that'll be, that's the power breakfast. Mm. Is the bread artisanal? Certainly not. It is like nature's own. All right. Fair enough. Clay's very frugal uh, with his bread. Yeah. And other things. (laughs) I didn't know if it was like a good local sourdough. You know, no, like occasionally I do. We we uh, have a little garden out back, so have <laughs> makes bread. I make. I've been growing some bread for a while. It's really coming in this year. <laughs> you did tee that up. This is why. <laughs> this is why I said it's not going to be an hour and a half worth of content. <laughs> We're gonna have to record for four hours yeah. to get yeah. an hour and a half worth of content. We have planted rosemary, which is an herb. Yeah. That people put in bread. That's true. And I will make my own rosemary bread. Very popular in focaccia. Let's see. Whenever I think of herb, I think of herb syndic, but it's not actually herb syndic, the basketball coach for NC State. Yeah. It's sports herb. and sports. Jamie. Yeah. Sports, sports, <laughs> sports. Uh, Jamie, I'm not asking you the same question. Okay. What is your daily bath detox routine? Oh, I wish it was daily and it should be more daily. Uh, one of the reasons it's, well, my daily detox essentially is it's probably four or five cups of just pure Epsom salt. Get mm-hmm. it from Costco or Target. Um, so it's pretty inexpensive. Put that in, get the temp up to like one, 104, 105, and just get a good, you, you know when you need to get out. Like your face is red, your, your heart is beating through your face kind of thing. Um, like an intense workout. And then I get out, rinse it all off, and... It's probably a 30 minute process, 35. Do you just know that's the temperature of the water or do you have a, no, I just know. I just, I have a feeling that you, you are the thermometer. I am the the thermometer. And uh, one thing, you know, it's interesting for those out there that want to partake in that. If you are thinking about having kids, uh, I didn't realize this, but if you take a very hot bath, it actually kills your sperm. So you gotta, you know, you'll still produce it, but they won't be, uh, you know, active swimmers, but yes, that's an important thing. So anybody out there looking to impregnate, you need to make sure you keep the temp down. Good to know. 
the more you know. <laughs> okay, uh, this is for both of you. Where is your favorite place you've ever traveled? And what is one place that you've never been to that's the top of your list? Me, Callie, Andrew, and Olivia, we went to Thailand and like Vietnam and Bali. That was probably top trip of my life so far. That and sidebar to a family trip in Italy. We had a really good time in Italy as well. I said one. Sorry. One place I want to go. It, it freaks me out to get on a plane for that long, but I'd love to do like Bora Bora, Tahiti, mm-hmm. some like mm-hmm. very remote on a hut over the water. Sounds amazing. The first year we went to Jamaica with after my after dad was diagnosed with ALS, and we were like, all right, we got to travel. Where are we going? And we decided Jamaica because you know you could just relax by the by the beach, by the pool, whatever. But we went with our our family plus basically our other family, the Johnsons slash Failing slash Parsons, or I guess they weren't Parsons yet. Wes uh, didn't go if he's listening to this, right? But that was. <laughs> We just it was just a really special trip to be there with my dad and his best friend and the dynamic of the of the families all together mm-hmm. was wonderful. It was the first time we had ever been at a house that was staffed, so meaning we had a some a maid, a, a chef, a butler. You don't have to go and like then go to the grocery store, like land, get there, go to the grocery store, cook your meals, clean your stuff. Like obviously we're paying for all of this, but it was just it maximized the time that we were able to spend with one another and with my dad in that moment. So that was really great. And that's a good answer. You're a good son. <laughs> You're a good you. son. And where I would want to go New Zealand. That was a place that dad wanted to go. It's a place that full of nature. It seems like a really outdoorsy, interesting place, but like Jamie, I mean, that's a big haul to go there, but that would be on the list. Yeah. Nice. Those are all good spots. All right, let's get into some let's get into some fun ones. If this had to happen, would you rather have to say everything that you read out loud or have to sing everything that you say? So either while you're reading, you have to read it out loud or when you speak, you have to be singing when you speak. I would want to read everything. I have a terrible voice. I would, I mean, I think my voice is... Uh, a gift from God and I sound like a beautiful angel, but well, well, you have a mic in your hand. Would you like to share? No, this isn't like an- the right, angelic voice. This isn't the right thing. The right moment. I'm practiced, but be, and the reason I choose that because the other one, I Google a lot of random stuff. And if I had to read out loud, the things I Google, it would, I mean, people already think I'm weird, but it would like, I don't think y'all would be friends with me. I'm glad you're picking up on it. It's not, it's not like any book you sit down to read. It's any word you read. You have to say them out loud. So yeah, if you yeah, Google, I'm singing. I'm sticking with it, but I'm also looking around this room and I'm <laughs> reading things, and I'm just thinking that you'd I have, have to, to have said you'd them have out loud. to say. We'd be sitting here, and I right now would just have to United States of America, USA, Alaska, because I'm looking at the map and I'm reading it, talking to you. Yeah, I may revisit this, but I'm sticking to it for now. But I'm going to be very aware of this over the next 24 hours, and I may edit this to edit my answer when I was thinking of these questions, this scenario, all I thought about was the commercials that come with watching football 
And if you, if you're reading any of the like commercials for like Cialis, <laughs> there's people and like, you're sitting there like watching with your son or your daughter yeah, or whoever. The, the comedy behind that one would just, I feel like that's what I have to go with. Cause it would just, it would be so funny to me. It's like, we're watching uh Hulu they, if you don't pay for the, they have like the whatever ads and everything. And it's always like Cialis. And then there's like the hymns, yeah. which is like, if you have this dysfunction or you need help in the bedroom or yeah, there's a lot of things to your point. If you're like, you're already hearing it, but if you have to also speak. Well, in the discla- and then like, if you read the disclaimer at the bottom, yeah. that's the one that's like, if you have an erection for more than four <laughs> hours, it, that's what you're saying out loud. Yeah. You're not, you're saying Cialis. And then you're saying erection for four hours. Yeah. And yeah. You just, Okay, next question. You can only use one comeback the rest of your life. You can only use one comeback the rest of your life. What would it be? I'll give you an example. I've done this with my brother-in-law before, and he gave me one of my favorite answers. I'm happy to give it to you now so you can have an example, but I also don't want to steal one in case it's what you come up with. Nah, give me the example. So go back to school. Someone says something, you know, classic, like, oh, your mom. You know, your mom, like your mom jokes, something like that. His comeback of choice to have to use forever was not in this economy so like hey man we're gonna go to the drum race hit some balls you want to go not in this economy that's a good one i thought that was pretty good i'm trying to think about when i use a comeback in my 35 year old life yeah probably some friend making some sarcastic comment i got two in my head I think I would, and Callie hates this phrase, and I think we like took it out of our vocabulary of our marriage, but um, sounds like a personal problem. Like, I think that would be mine. Hey, man, you want to go to the driving range? That sounds like, sounds a, personal like a personal problem. problem. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be mine. So, like, if Callie was doing something and it would, it's kind of what you were just saying, I'd just be like, mm, sounds like a personal problem. Like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I don't know. This sounds kind of lame, but I, it may be like a one word. Interesting. Just whatever happens. Hey, you want you want to go to the drive range? Interesting. You're gonna really frustrate a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I need something broad. If that's the only thing I can say, I can say it with different tones. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's what could come off as very. Yeah, it gives you a lot of options. I I know I could have a better one, but on the spot, that's my answer. Yeah, that's good. By the way, you'll think about this for a few days now. Interesting. All right, here's a fun one. You know, a little more get to know yous. What to date has been the most embarrassing moment of your life or thing you've done in your life? I got mine right off the bat. Broughton High School. All of us are Broughton alums. Go Caps. I was a senior, and we got to go away for lunch. 45 minutes away for lunch, so you're like hustling to get to Hillsborough Street and get to NYP or Zaxby's or something like that. And so I had my, my buddy Curtis in the car and then two other guys and we were hustling back to get to to school because we had we had gotten to go orders and was at the light at St. Mary's to take a le- like on Hillsborough take a left on St. Mary's so we're two minutes away from school. I'm 18 years old, and this lady, this old lady, sweet old lady, is just in right in the middle of the crosswalk, walking across the front of the car. Dude, did you hit her? No, I'm stopped at a light. I should have explained. I'm stopped at a light. So she's got the crosswalk. She's got all the right of way. She gets right in front of our car, two feet in front of our car. And I thought it would be hilarious to lay on the horn at this like 88 year old woman. 
and I lay on the horn and she, you know, jumps and freaks out and whatever. And right when I laid on the horn, I was like, you are such a dick. You are such an <laughs> asshole. I was trying to be funny in front of three of my other 18 year old friends. And to this day, it is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. I get that. I don't have a great memory. If anyone knows that old lady, yeah. Clay would love to get on the phone with her and Hopefully apologize. She's still so alive. I mean, if you know an old lady, ask her to relive she this traumatic be, she experience. She would be like 104 <laughs> at this point. If you know a really old lady. Um, I feel like y'all would know an embarrassing thing. My memory, I'm just trying to think. Jamie doesn't really get embarrassed. I mean, if you if you're with him, obviously like I he's going to talk about anything. I don't. I don't think his would be something like, I, like his wouldn't be. Like mine would probably be like I slipped and fell in front of everyone. I feel like Jamie's would be a, what was intended to be a funny comment, but was a total foot and mouth. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can think. And of. I and I don't I, I do I mean this is something that I do think about and you're gonna laugh at this Joel like a de- not a decent amount but probably on like a quarterly basis I'll think about the Bojangles thing, and I know it's you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When, when we were in line at Bojangles and we were all going on a golf trip and there's like ten guys in front of us and I'm probably joking and laughing and everybody in front of me is getting free Bowberry biscuits and. I come up to the lady next and order my Cajun Play Biscuit combo or four piece Supreme. And that's what it was. We were all getting four piece Supremes and she was allowing us to upgrade our plain was. biscuit to a Bowberry for free, which at the, I don't know what it is now, but at the time the upcharge was probably like a dollar. Yeah. Probably and so, and so I get up there and, I'm, and she probably had to be like, okay, sir, like it's your turn now. And to this day, I, I really don't think I did anything wrong, but clearly I did. And all the friends said that I did. But I, I asked her for, you know, the four-piece Supreme. Hey, can I get the upgrade too? And she just flat out said no. And I was like, what? Are you like, I, I don't get the free Bowberry? And it was, it was very embarrassing for me. But also, and then you guys on top of it, like everybody, there's 10 people like, oh, you didn't get the Bowberry. And I'm like, what did I? And I'm literally like flabbergasted. Like, what did I do? And clearly I was just being a jerk or I don't, or talking too much or not paying attention. But she just like pointed me out and was like, Nope, you're not getting the bowberry. Yeah, that's pretty rough. And to this day, it's still like, you know, it still irks me a little bit. Yeah. There's definitely some really good, like foot in my mouth moments. I just can't think of them. Maybe you can think of one. Huh. <laughs> uh, I could probably make a coffee table book. Out of that yeah. one. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, all right. What was, I got a couple more just fun get to know you is just kind of paint the picture of who everybody in the room is. What was the last TV show that you binged? The bear mm, on great Hulu. Show. Yeah. Just finished it. Whitney is, if she's listening is already rolling her eyes because she's already frustrated with me over the last three, four years. Cause I don't really watch much TV other than sports. I'll watch sports all day basically, but we haven't binge watched a show in a long time. We, I attempted to get her to watch breaking bad. I watched breaking bad when it came out mm. And I consider it one of the best TV shows of all time. And finally got her over the last couple of months to start watching it. But it's a heavy show. We've got young kids. So it's like our only opportunity is at night and we're tired. And so it's like one show. So it's not really a binge. And I, I, I dare say she might be out on it, which is very, hmm. very sad after only two seasons. But honestly, this is, this is bad. I bet the, well, I bet the last one was Shit's Creek. Great show. Hmm. When that came out. It's good. We binge watch West Wing, but that was probably five or six years ago. Yeah. 
So you just you just binge Sports Center into Get Up into Pat McAfee. <laughs> like, I don't like any of that. Just give me the live sports. Oh really? Yeah, no Sports Center, no no talk show, no none of that. Just I just just feed me con like live sport content. I've become a big Get Up fan. I I can't say I think I watched it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but I never just have something like running yeah. in the background or something. But I will I'll be all in on a college football game, pro basketball game, hockey game, whatever. Joel, I was actually sad that uh, we didn't watch the uh, World Series together because the past what was it the National Football Championship? The national, <laughs> as I said. What? <laughs> What is the trophy they get for that? <laughs> you know, the, the National College Football cha- What is it, College Football Championship? <laughs> uh, we, Welcome <laughs> to the National Football Championship. <laughs> you know, the National Football Championship with the, uh, the College Football Championship. <laughs> and then what was the other one? We watched the, uh, sta- <laughs> the Stanley Cup. This has been a presentation of the National Football Collegiate Professional League. <laughs> so we watched the... It was they were kind of back to back. I feel like they were a week apart. We saw a lot of we saw a lot of big sporting events randomly together. Yeah. On TV. Yeah, and it was great. And then the World Series came and I thought about you and we didn't. So. Thanks, thanks, man. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> National football championship. Oh. <laughs> uh, sports. All right. Is our, here's our last uh, our last softball question. Then we're getting into the, the good stuff. Describe your perfect day from waking up in the morning to going to bed at night. I'm not saying give me a, don't describe like a normal day, your most ideal day start. And let's also let some practice some brevity. All right. So I've thought, of, I've actually had a, a lot of thought about this and wait, did you get this question before? Cause I, this is the first I've heard it. I did not. I've just put a lot of thought into what is my ideal day. And I don't have my phone on me, but I, ha- I literally have it written down, but I'll try to summarize it. So this is, uh, you know, wake up about seven o'clock. Are we here? Are we in Raleigh? Yeah, yeah, Raleigh. I mean, okay. I'm talking about an ideal day in my normal life. Like, not like I'm in Bora Bora is, ha- is how I'm thinking of the answer. I'm saying you can meet me in the middle. So it could be we're at the beach. Okay. We're at our place at the beach. I, th- I, think, I think Raleigh's fine. I think... Um, so I'll roll with that. Raleigh's okay. It's yeah, it's fine. fine. I'm glad that just fine is your most ideal. <laughs> right. So I would say wake up in my house, um, have breakfast with my family. Uh, this would be a school day. So I want to see, you know, I want to have opportunities to be with my kids, but I also want to have opportunities to just be with Whitney or just be with friends. So uh, ideally drive the kids to school and then go play something. So probably go play pickleball in the morning with uh with Whitney and maybe two other people and then go to sit at a coffee shop like a sola type where you can have coffee, you can have lunch, you can kind of chill, do a crossword, read a book, hang out there for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um just Whitney and I for that one. And then meet up with buddies and go play golf in the afternoon. Go pick the kids up from school. Uh help them with whatever activities, things, play with them, be with them. And then uh, go out to dinner with uh, Wit and possibly, you know, another couple. And then uh, come home and, you know, watch, like, the Tar Heels play basketball on TV. Mm. That'd be a great day. What a day. Interesting. Seems like a fine day in Raleigh. Interesting. Um, 
I would, <clears throat> I think I had a lot of my ideal days at the beach this summer. Um, so my ideal day would be waking up. Uh, the whole family is there. So Clay, Whitney, their boys, Callie, our kids, my mom, the three dogs wake up. Kids are watching some show. They pick a couple of their shows out. I get to have a good uh, breakfast of some sort, maybe cook it on the Blackstone. Pack up, go on the boat to a stress-free anchoring and stress-free boat ride because we all know that I can get heightened pretty quickly sometimes. But probably the hump where it's just an island off of Beaufort. Come back, clean the boat off, go for a power walk. About 45 minutes, good sweat sesh. What are you listening to? Mm. Well, that's assuming he's listening to something. Yeah, probably. I, mean, I don't listen to anything. It just depends. Probably at this stage, probably just a good country playlist. And then get a little stretch after. Oh, and on the boat, I'm going to have four or five nooners. But uh, the buzz is worn off enough to drive home safely and do my power walk. Come back. I'm going to sound like an alcoholic here, but I'm not. Couple, no, this, it's an ideal day. Yeah, a couple tequila sodas with some lime, 818. A good seafood dinner with, honestly, some blackened scallops, some shrimp, and then, no, cancel that. We go to City Kitchen on the boat for dinner. That's what it is. And then come back and honestly go to bed at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I have one adaptation I realized on mine. I would like to change my pickleball to I'm meeting all of my friends. So you guys, other people in my life, we're meeting at a gym and we have full access to the to the gym. So we're going to play pickup basketball. We're going to play pickleball. We're going to play like literally open the closet in the gym and like get all the balls out, all the nets out. And we're just going to like have like a mini Olympics for about three hours. Yeah, sounds pretty fun. We should do that one day. We should, but for real, that'd be fun. We should figure out how to do that one day. Man, two brothers, two very different answers. Love it. It just shows you. Goes to show you. Not Are we thing. brothers? We don't know. I don't know. That was the next question. <laughs> Are you brothers? <laughs> Who's the favorite? Oh, It's me. I mean, that's very <laughs> easy. If you ask my mom, she's going to say me. Interesting. <laughs> Not in this comedy. <laughs> That actually might be true for him. <laughs> what did you say? He said not in this economy. I am a very... Oh. Yes, that's true. All right, this is also for both of you. And then we'll get... These have been a little bit more firmer. Like, I've got questions I want to hit. We're going to be entering a, a new kind of open, open-ended... open Is this the live, laugh, section? love section? No, we have not entered okay. live, laugh, love. Um, this is my uh, segue into live, laugh, love life. All of it. What's something that's been going on in your life recently, either unexpected or out of the ordinary? I would say, so something that I would say this summer, I would say kind of unexpectedly for me is in my kind of thinking more in depth into what I feel like God's kind of given me this nudge of, hey, what's what's next for Jamie in his career. Um, and so he's kind of given me this nudge over the summer into now of kind of what 
where I always thought it'd be something like five or seven years from now, maybe it feels like it's being pulled in potentially to go do something different. Mm. And I feel like that's unexpected because my timeline is different than the timeline that's been being maybe stirred up in me. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Something that just came to mind was I just had a third kid, right? He's eight, about 18 months old, 19 months old now. Dude, you're reversing? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> but it was very unexpected in a great way to see how much his older brothers love him hmm. and how unique of an interaction it is. I, I guess it shouldn't have been surprising, but I really have been surprised at how much they play with him and how much he loves them and how much I just thought that maybe with the age difference, I mean, five and seven and a half, I thought that it would be that they would be a little bit too old to care about a little baby brother. Like, of course they would love him, but the amount that they interact and love one another and play and wrestle and do all that has been unexpected in a great way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And as a dad, that's a, that's a fun thing to see. Good experience. So you're not reversing your vasectomy. Certainly not. Certainly not. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Not in this economy. Yeah. I don't even remember what yours was now. Is, it is what it is. It is what, no, it's a personal problem. Oh, yeah, it's a personal, problem. Like a personal problem. Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> that's good. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Well, entering the live, laugh, love phase of... <laughs> Clay should change his podcast. To... Podcast. Live, laugh, love with Clay. <sighs> the logo is your bread tree, your bread bush. Yeah, it's a bush. Yeah, definitely. Um, so both of you guys are... Also, I'm hugging a Carolina pillow right now. This yeah, feels really weird. Gross. Disgusting. <laughs> Work-wise, both of y'all are in sales roles. You've been in management for, I don't know how, how many years now? Seven-ish. Seven. Jamie, you're... You're in sales, but it's a little bit different with because you're you're actually buying. Yep. But you're selling myself. You're selling yourself so that you can buy, and this is real estate that we're talking about <laughs> for a home builder. Not not Jamie's real like personal real estate, not yeah. his body real estate. Not not the body real estate. That's for Cali. That's right. Don't you forget it. <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> So in these roles, you know, we're all north of a decade out of school. Having been in the roles you've been in so far, what you've done professionally so far, from a work standpoint, from what you've done, what does that translate to moving forward? Put simply, I definitely used to make a decent part of my identity as what I did for work. Now, it is a very, very, very tiny portion of my identity. And that has evolved over a lot of time. I mean, I came out of school not knowing, I knew I wanted to be probably in sales or business or something, just a high level. I mean, graduated with a business degree. I didn't really know what I wanted to do and just kind of stumbled into a sales career. And so after getting a foot kind of a foothold in that industry, I realized, Oh, I really like leading people. I really like management. 
And so then it was like, oh, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm at a big company, Fortune 100 company. I want to climb the corporate ladder. I want to be a CEO. I feel like I have the skills and desire and will to go do that. And then two things happen. One, dad gets diagnosed with ALS. Two, I start having kids. And my perspective completely changes. And I quickly realize that work is not the most important thing in life. And I need to start reprioritizing. And with that came a lesser of a desire to climb the corporate ladder and to really prioritize spending time with family, spending time with people that I love, doing things I need to do because I know that tomorrow is not guaranteed. And all that said is I'm with a company now that I I very much respect. I very much um, enjoy aspects of my job and still to do to the best of my ability the work that is that that I'm required to do and try to go above and beyond in one or two aspects when in the past I probably would have done I would have gone way above and beyond because I wanted to be I wanted to you know act they always say like act like you're in the job that you want I'm in the job that I want mm-hmm. so that's how I act I used to be oh I need to act like the VP or I need to act like the CISO or whoever and that means doing a lot going way above and beyond and you know networking and being a part of meetings that I don't really need to be a part of and um, so it's just a complete reprioritization and a de-emphasis of my identity being tied to what I do for my W-2 mm-hmm. and when you're when your dad passed away you y'all had one ki- one kid at the time right so Walker was just born Walker my dad held Walker but he was Walker was three months old when dad passed remind me what year that was 2018 so yeah and even for you it's like a lot of life a lot of life events that would I assume would typically happen over a longer span of time kind of hit in a pretty short amount of time it's like that happened you had your first kid COVID came two years later you know I I don't know the age difference uh, between the first two boys but like all a lot of stuff happened in a really short amount of time which I mean, that leads to a lot of thinking and reflection and well, hopefully, I mean, for me, it certainly yeah. did. I know for Jamie, it did as well. And I, I mean, I, I like COVID obviously was a terrible time, but I like how it was framed as the great pause because it, it almost forced people to slow down yeah, and reevaluate, reprioritize instead of just going with inertia in, in how they've lived life in the past. And it's like, Oh wait, hold on. I can, I can start to think about this a little bit differently. Yeah. I could buy an RV. Exactly. Yeah. We should have bought a ton of RVs and sold them. Oh gosh. We wouldn't even have you doing the stupid podcast. <laughs> Forget real estate. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't answer the, what was the last part of your question? Well, it, it was, you know, in thinking about moving forward, he, he covered yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. This yeah. is pretty broad stroke. Yeah. So I would say, so similar to Clay's answer, I would have told you getting into the home building industry that I would want, I wanted to be a division president. You did tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I told a lot of people that, that I want to be a division president and I want to, I was like, you want to be a division president. Didn't you go to Trinity Academy or was it, was that school called trilogy trilogy? Didn't you go to Trinity is, is high level. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Trilogy is high level at a different level though. The, I think similar, like I wanted to be a division president. It excited me to yeah, climb the ladder and, and 
get to that. And now I'm at, I think similar to clay, I'm happy, thankful at the, at the position and level that I'm at, at where I work at Pulte. It is similar to what I kind of said earlier, trying to figure out of what that kind of this summer and your last couple questions ago of kind of, okay, I'm at that level. Now what is, you know, what is next, right? Is it continuing to do this at this level for the foreseeable future? Or is it doing something different? I don't know that answer um, necessarily, but, and yes, the, what, what happened to dad specifically? Yes. He got diagnosed with ALS, but that when he was diagnosed was the same was within months of him going to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was supposed to retire in June. He got diagnosed in March and watching that in, in this scene, like, okay, dad did this. He built all this, you know, savings up to get to retirement. Him and mom are going to travel and spend time with the grandkids and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And dad, he traveled a bunch. He spent time with us, the, all those things also. But seeing that happen, I think for both Clay and I, it was a very eye opening of the things that we had to do for our dad. I remember we were fishing. This is after he was diagnosed and I had to help him. Bait, I had to help bathe him. Like he could not stand in the shower without falling over kind of thing. And I remember him looking at me and he was like, I bet you never thought you would have to do this at, I don't know how old was I? No. Yeah. Well, one, him being 61 and me being 29 or something like that, whatever, 28, something like that. Mm. And, and that still strikes me today of like, yeah, I, I, I didn't expect to do that. You know, I expected to do it when you were, 85, 90, 95 or, or whatever. So a lot of things just essentially speeding for me, like looking and going, okay, how can I speed up the process to, uh, get to where my dad was trying to get to in retirement, but doing it, um, way earlier. Yeah. That, and that combination, I didn't even think about that until you just said it, the combination of him getting diagnosed and him being on the verge of retirement seeing how he had worked hard to save, worked hard to provide our, for our family work extra to, you know, Jamie and I didn't have to pay for our college as an example, Mm. stuff like that. And he had to work harder and longer in order to provide things like that and family vacations and other things like that. But the fact that he was so close to retirement and then it's like, Oh no, this is actually not going to happen or not that not going to happen the way you envisioned it. It definitely started setting off alarm bells like oh man i had this whole thought in my mind that you know, i was gonna be working until in, in my 50s maybe into 60 and like have this great retirement plan and whitney and i are gonna go gallivanting around the world and it's like well i don't know i mean i just want you know i'm just bathing my dad while he's 60 and you know two months ago he was swimming laps in a pool mm-hmm. and now he can't even you know, go to the bathroom by himself yeah. without our help. I mean, that's just like a, that stark realization. I don't think fully in the moment didn't set in, but looking back on it, it certainly has set in more. And then you have COVID, like you said, you have starting a family, you have priorities change. And, and I don't know, I also look around and I, I've been in corporate America for my whole career, basically. And I see people that are in the positions that I thought I wanted to be in at one point in my life, mm-hmm. CEO, CRO, you know, CXX, whatever. 
and I see the life that they live. And sure, they've got a lot of stock options, and they've hopefully done a smart job saving and investing. But the hours that they keep and the emails that they're having to send at 3 p.m. on a Saturday and 2 p.m. on a Sunday and 9 a.m. on a Saturday, whatever. I mean, the, the demand and the stress and just the kind of keeping up with the Joneses, the desire for more, 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 didn't didn't jive with what I thought life should be. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, its own cost. Yeah, but yeah. on the flip side, and is we we need CEOs, we need CROs. There is also this like for me in the position, I, it's like how can I help change that you know, that model, that mode that there's, there is still a way to be, I don't want to be that, but like, there's still a way to be a CRO, CEO, whatever it is and have a great, you know, work-life balance. It's, and so maybe this generation that's coming up will be able to achieve that. Maybe they're not, maybe it's just when you're a CEO, like there's, there's just no way to do it um, because it is such a demanding job. But yeah, and I think it depends on the size of the company, what you're doing, but it, a lot of it is your own doing. Okay, when are you allowing meetings to happen? Mm-hmm. How are you prioritizing your time? And I think some C-level positions do it in a phenomenal way, but there is still a big cost because many of them are public-facing and need to. Yep. they have to do things to, yeah. to, to support the company. But if you're in a smaller company, I think there's absolutely ways to achieve a balance and a work-life integration that can make sense. I just, my, if you like lay out the, um, the scale, right. I, I've just like slid on the scale completely in the opposite direction that I realize I need to prioritize other things more than I have in the past. Yeah. Look at that. Well, and I, th- I think too, you know, at the end of the day, there are always going to be people, you know, I think they would be dubbed, you know, high performers, which is not necessarily, that's probably true, but it's not necessarily true that someone else who doesn't have the position they do means they're not a high performer. But I think there are always going to be people that are saying, no, I want that CEO job and I will do what I have to do to get to it. Yep. And they exist and they exist for a reason. And I'm glad that that guy wants to do it because I'm with y'all. That's not of interest to me. I'd rather, it might've been, it's fun. I hate that I'm even making a call back to this, but I think it was on Shark Tank. Mark Cuban made a comment like, I'd rather work for myself making 50 grand a year and 80 hours a week than for someone else, 40 hours a week, making 250 a year. The idea being I'm going to make less money, but more for myself, even though I'm going to work more, I'm going to be working that more when it works for me to do it. And so I think with what you're talking about, there's two sides of that coin. There's the, I want to get to that retirement or not having to work as much point earlier in life to be able to enjoy it. But there's the other side of that coin of, but we're working now we're also living life now. We're being dads now. And how do we maximize our time management so that we can achieve both? Yep. Right. And so that's the, for, for me, that's kind of the balance I always look at is, which I, and I think that's what you're going to to. And we've all had these discussions outside of this, but it's where do we strike that balance of, I could make one more call or I could go ahead and go outside and play with my kids who are already outside playing, or I could send a few more emails or I could shut my computer and get an extra 15 minutes watching a show with my wife tonight, you know, and that's the, I think that's the constant give and take the, the struggle. No, it's not even necessarily that much of a struggle, but just kind of the tug that yeah. at least for me that I'm always thinking through is what am I okay with 
to get to where I feel like I'm going. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it reminds me of a couple of things. One, there's someone that says, like, hey, you should say yes to everything when you're in your 20s. And then you should start saying no when you're in your 30s. And I think that's basically probably what Jamie and I have started to do. It's like, yeah, well, we'll let's figure out all the opportunities. Let's figure it out, what we like, what we don't like. And then once you hit 30, it's, okay, I got to start saying no to things so that you can have that time with your kids or whatever your priority is other or, or hobbies or things. And I think that's certainly been true of how I've started to approach things is you've got to just start saying no to make room for the stuff that truly matters. Yeah. I think of the word hurry. We just got back from, um, Cal and I went to Paris for a couple of days. Awesome. But just e- even... And, and I don't know, maybe you saw it or you probably saw it more in Spain, but like their sense of hurry, it's different or, or less than America's sense of hurry. Uh, like, uh, especially in Spain, when you went, I mean, it's, they have a siesta in the middle of the day. They don't wake up. They don't start work until nine or 10. They eat dinner at eight or nine at night or whatever. And there's, I think for, for us trying to, and what you're saying for like, okay, I can spend 15 more minutes on emails. I can spend 15 more minutes on phone calls or I can go outside, shut it down, spend time, intentional time with my friends or family or whatever it is. And not, and knowing that all of those things can wait until tomorrow or some of them can even wait until next week. Um, but we have this hurry mentality that we've been bred with to an extent um, of like, you got to go, go, go. And if you don't, then you're going to be falling behind. And if you have not read, I think we all have ruthless elimination of hurry. Have you read it, Joel? I have not great book. John Mark Comer, ruthless elimination of hurry. Very easy read. But I mean, you just look at the evolution of, of hurrying and it's with technology and everything. It's supposed, we were supposed to slow down and be more efficient. And we've actually, sped up and yes technology makes us more efficient but it's making us actually work 10 times more than what it was actually supposed to do for us prioritizing not hurrying it's easier said than done because of the technology that we've been given yeah Yeah, we're just in a society of more 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 and that's more money more things more more everything more social media more tv more more all of that and we just are in a hurry because we want to get we want to we feel like we need to get it all done when really we just need to pause and think what actually matters does this email that i do i need to actually send it right now or should i go push my kid in the swing yeah. what what actually matters and sometimes your email will it that actually matters you mm-hmm. actually need to spend the four yeah. minutes and type that email up and get it out but usually i bet it's go spend that time pushing your kid yeah sometimes getting the email out is what allows you to go push your kid more because you're paying your bills. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking about the timing of everything. So y'all, your dad passed away in 2018. You had just started your family. Y'all were a, two years away from yep. beginning your family. How, and I'm sure COVID comes into play, but I don't, I don't feel like it really matters in this question. With something like that happening in your life, as you're starting a family, as you're, you know, approaching that yep. phase of life. How do y'all see that, how that impacted? I feel like we've gotten here about how you kind of look at your family and here's how I look at things and how I do things. Same with you, Jamie. And I'm sure we could go into way more detail and, and dive yeah. deeper in that. But collectively as like a Davis family, 
with that happening at such, you know, pretty young age, yep. y'all are about to start kind of this next phase of life. How do you think that shaped y'all's family dynamic? Oh, huge. I mean, first when it ha- when it happened, when dad got diagnosed, I mean, I, when I was growing up, I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong. I remember hearing, I love you from my parents. Like yeah, twice, I was about to say the same thing. like twice ever. Mm-hmm. And I felt completely loved. They just, they, they didn't, not they, they showed didn't, their yeah. love in different ways. Everyone has their own love language. And we made a collective decision that we need to start verbalizing how we feel to one another before dad passes. And so as a family, we started saying, I love you. We started, you know, we'd hang up the, before we hang up the phone say, I love you. If we left the house and say, I love you, we'd hug occasionally and it still was, it was an awkward thing that we had spent 28 years as a, as a unit, never really expressing that out loud. So I think that was a big change. And then I'll say one other thing and then let Jamie chime in after dad passing, we made kind of a collective decision, not really sitting around the table and making it. I think we just all realized this is what we want to do is we need to, my, our parents bought a condo, a small condo in, at the beach in the coast of North Carolina. And that was part of their big retirement plans is to spend a lot of time there. And after dad passed, it was a realization that we need to make this a priority every summer, go down there with Jamie's family, my family, my mom, and, you know, ha- have a bunch of fun in it. What's well, that was so special about how Jamie described his ideal day. I mean, that's what that is. Mm-hmm where we prioritized it is we, we knew, okay, our family's growing. We're going to continue to grow. Let's get, let's get something a little bit bigger. And thankfully we were able to purchase the condo next door and punch a hole in the wall. And, you know, now we have four bedrooms and plenty did, of room. Did for you us. do it? Did you actually punch a hole in the wall? I didn't punch a hole in the wall. Did no. you? No, but if the HOA is listening, there's actually no. Yeah, that's true. There the is wall. no hole there. No, this is a this is all a uh, figure of speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, I don't think I would have been able to punch a hole through the wall because it's you know the firewall and everything in between those units. Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, <laughs> not on this guy. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so yes, yeah. but that was a big deal. Was to as we jointly all decided that hey, you know, this is where we're going to want to spend our time and honor dad and get make sure that my kids and Jamie's kids get to know each other and know, get to know their aunts and uncles. And it's it just become a really special thing, but we need more space for that. So we, we lucked out big time by being able to purchase the, the condo next door, have space for all of us. And now it's a, a big priority every summer is to try to maximize our time there. Yeah. The condo next door that you have to exit one to go into the other. Correct. Yeah, yeah, Got yeah. it. There's no hole in there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I would, my answer was the exact same with Clay's with the I love you thing. I mean, that was, something that felt very loved growing up, but it was expressing that was just a, not something that we, we did with those words. So do y'all say I love you to each other? Joel and Jamie. That means some, no. Do you say it to your friends? Uh, every, I mean, I, I've said it to Joel before I've said it to Cody before to Andrew, but like not, I'm not like, do you love him? Yeah. Do you say it to your friends? I don't. That's that also changed. That's why I'm asking that question. It also changed for me is when we made that change with, with there, I realized I was like, this needs to extend to the other people that I truly do love in my life. So there are 
four or five friends that if I'm on the phone with them and I'm hanging up, I'm telling them I love you. Yeah. And now we have that dynamic with each other that, you know, we should, and, and I was pretty upfront with it. I was like, Hey, like, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. And I want to make sure that, that you yeah. know how I feel yeah. about you. And so I love that. No, I, yeah, I think that's a good thought. I've personally, I've never thought about it that way. I, I remember trying to make a mental shift of, Similar, like we were growing up, my parents, my they might've been, I just wasn't. I also wasn't a very, funny enough, I wasn't a very talkative kid. And so that was the sort of thing that would like make me almost like emotionally freeze up. Like, uh, uh, do I, I don't know why I couldn't, I couldn't right now tell you, like I can't go back to a point in time as a kid and explain why that's just how it was. And I don't know what a point in time in being an adult, it just occurred to me like, and if, if I'm being honest, like having these conversations with you all over the years has made me think about it more of with my parents, my sisters, you know, it's easy for me to tell my wife I love her all the time, but I've tried to be better at, I'm on the phone with my dad, even if it's something quick. I, I bet if you, <clears throat> one of the reasons I love my dad, I bet if you took all of our phone calls and found the median time of those calls, it is under a minute and a half. And I love that. But even on the quick calls, I do try to make a point of saying it at the end of every call because of talking with you guys and like the, the seeing the importance of it. Yeah. It's like, I want to do that. It definitely changed the dynamic. I mean, I never, I always knew my brother loved me, but it's like, you know, we hang up the phone and say, Hey man, love you. Yeah. Um, there'll be occasional hugs. I think we're still like figuring out how I shook his know, hand which, the other day playing golf. It was weird. I was like, why am I shaking? I don't hand? know. It's felt, felt right in the moment. Yeah. It's funny that you asked that about the friends because we don't say it, but like we also don't like we rarely will like none of my or, best friends do I like dab up and like you don't get so if you haven't seen a friend in four months, will you hug them when you see them? No, there's a lot of like even yeah, like even Jordan, Joel's wife, or Olivia, Andrew's wife, like other like even spouses, I'm I don't like come up and give him a big hug. I'm just, it's just not the, it's more, I just walk up. I'm like, yo, what's up? So it, it's not a, and it's funny because Olivia, Olivia it, has knocked me on it before. Like you're gonna give me a hug. Like what in the world? Like if we fist bump, so when she does that, what do you do? Oh, I'll give her a hug. Side hug or full hug? No, I'll give her a full hug. I don't, yeah, there's nothing wrong or like, but like, yeah, we'll fist bump. But if we do, I bet majority of the time he'd make a comment like, Oh, fist, we're fist bumping. Yeah. Because we don't, do it or like me and Cody will come up to each other and like really awkwardly try to like do some type of dab or something. And it's like, what was happening? But we just, it sounds like your friend group just needs to embrace it. Just need to get over yourselves. I guess. I mean, we love it each is, other. it is. Inter- I mean, honestly, like that, those first couple months, even with our family, it was like, it was kind of awkward. I felt honestly kind of weird saying it, <clears throat> even though I, I felt it, it just was so different from how I had engaged with my family. And I'll even give use Whitney as an example. I remember uh, telling her I love you for the first time. And I remember it was February 13th because I didn't want it to be February 14th. And it was, I, I finally got the nerve to tell her on February 13th at about 10.35 p.m. And I remember the next couple weeks, or she, I didn't even realize this. I, it was like, okay, I told you I love you. Like it's, that is in stone now. And because I grew up in a family that never said it, I'm like, okay, it's known. 
I don't need to say it anymore. And Whitney grew up in a family that was completely opposite. She hangs, hangs up with her family. Like she's saying, they're saying, I love you. And so I didn't say, I love you for the next couple of weeks. And Whitney's like, what's like, do you, do you love me? I'm like, you didn't yeah, even say it on I, Valentine's the next day. I, so. <laughs> I just picture you like Gary Bertier and remember the Titans when he's on the phone with his girlfriend he goes, I love you sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like real quick. I love you sugar. Get out of here. And <laughs> I, I, you know, she, we joke about it now, but she said, yeah, like I had, I questioned, I didn't know. And I, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, of course I love you. Like I told you that. Did you, were you not there on February 13th at 10 35 PM? I do love you. But for her, it was like a repetitive, like, let's check in, let's make sure. And now, I mean, that's how we raise our kids. I mean, I say, I say, I love you to my kids anytime they're leaving. And, and my friend, David Knockle, who's also been on the podcast has had a huge influence on me on this because when we were in college, he would weeks into knowing him, he would, if I left, he would be like, all right, love you, man. And like, oh, okay. All right. And you too. that was so weird for such a long time. And now it's like completely natural. Yeah. You want to throw someone off really this, there's a guy I work with. Um, he's a land act manager that, uh, works for us in the triad. Like I probably two times a week, I'm trying to get off the phone and he's like, all right, love you, man. Bye. And he hangs up and he just like, but if you want to get someone good, just throw in like a, I love you at the end of a conversation that really doesn't need it. I love you and just hang up. And then that person in the back, like the first time he did it to me, I'm like, did he just say, I love you to me? Like, he's like my, I'm his boss. Like what did I'm he, a really good boss. Yeah. Why did he say that? And I think like now it's like kind of a, it's a joke, but like a little bit, but it's just a, like if you really want to get someone good like that you work with that not a, like a ton just end it with a, all right, love you too. Bye. I don't know if that's an HR approved. Dude, HR, HR, dude. Like, gosh, the fact that I saw the job is mind boggling. Yeah. I asked someone the other day I, and I almost put my foot in the mouth. Talk about embarrassing. I was like, Hey, this, I might put my foot in my mouth on this, but you're pregnant. Right. <laughs> and she was, <laughs> but I knew that because someone sent out a baby shower invite in our office, but I just wasn't confident it was her and, but I, I was successful. Well, that's better than you just making a like gut call. Like, Oh, I see this person. At least he had a data point. Right. <laughs> yeah. I did that to someone in our, uh, on our old street one time. And Kelly's like, you asked her that. And I told the lady this, and I was like, yeah, my wife gave me a hard time for asking you. And she was like, what do you think? I just had like a huge steak dinner last night. Like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I mean, she was like nine months pregnant. I'm like you're pregnant. Like it's pretty obvious. Anyways, I'll let you handle that. Yeah, I'm gonna steer clear. <laughs> yeah, I will say it. Y'all have probably had more of an impact on me than you'd know. There can be things that happen in life where you where it makes you feel like you've lived more life than like how old you are, or at what point in life you're in. And I think in y'all processing through things, y'all. It, that could be family that could be work that could whatever there's a lot of stuff i think that's what's good about we're talking about relationships with our friends and our family and ultimately like our community and that's such a big part of community is we could be talking about something and jamie could be sharing you could be sharing and how much that can rub off on me it might not in the moment but it might be something down the road that really kind of gets my my gears turning and thinking about and that's one thing that I've, tr I've tried to get better about is actually giving compliments and telling someone because I feel like we don't receive compliments very often. We don't give people kind of that kudos when they need it. So I've tried to be better about that. 
And I have no problem now going to someone and saying, Hey, that's been very impactful for me. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Or yeah. it could be a lot of different stuff, but y'all, I probably, that's why I'm saying that I'm trying to get better at it. And I probably haven't done the best with y'all. Cause it's also easy to take some of these kinds of relationships for granted. Cause like, well, we just talk all the time. So yeah, either, well, they know, or I'll tell them at some point, it's not this me making a choice, but I, I will, both of y'all have been very impactful for me for a lot of different reasons and in many different ways of how I look at life, how I evaluate, how I want to do things, how I think through things. It's, it's, you know, I could, we could take a whole nother one of these and I could go through that. And so I thank y'all for, for yeah, sharing with me and it's, it's, yeah, it's been good. That reminds me. I love you guys. Love you too, man. (laughs) Love you too. That reminds me of, so in the last couple of weeks of dad's life, we, basically sent out texts and emails and things and was like, Hey, anyone that's been in dad's life, now's the time to say something, whether you've been around and been supportive or you, you know, haven't realized that you even had ALS, like dad's time's coming. Now's the time to say something. And what was really neat was to watch the next couple of weeks go by and see emails and letters and people come by. And I remember going over and my dad would, you know, kind of like have me look at the screen and read an email that, you know, one of my friends sent him. Yeah. Right. Someone that hasn't interacted with my dad in 20 years and is talking about how he remembers what my dad did for him, you know, when we were playing as kids kind of thing and just, or just memories. And, and it was, you know, people from his college or people from college, people from swimming, people from just various phases of life. And it made me realize later on, I didn't realize it at the time that, what you were just saying, Joel, about how important it is to tell people how you feel and tell people what they've meant to you. And so I made a promise to myself basically that I would, I made a list of, it's probably 25 ish people in my life that I want to write a letter to. And I called them deathbed notes. And it's basically, if I were on my deathbed, this is what I would want to share with you. Right. And what you've meant to me. And so I've done probably, half of them. I read one to Jamie uh, a couple months ago. And so I, I'm just really intentional, right? I, it's probably four, you know, two to four pages, depending on the person and just sharing like, Hey, if, if this is my last day on earth, I want you to know what you've, what this relationship, what you've meant to me has been. And it's been a, a rewarding exercise for sure. A lot of tears in those conversations. And cause you're all, I mean, you're sharing good, bad, you know, uh, when you have a relationship, there's all sorts of things, but I have more to go through, but anyways, it, it was, it's an, it was another realization and thing that came out of a horrible situation with my dad, but it is, you know, just reframed how we need to not take advantage or take for granted the relationships that we do have. Yeah. I've looked and thought like for something that was, not a good event in your lives. You can see fruit from it, which is crazy. And y'all's relationship, your whole family, but even, I don't know what y'all would have been like as dads. Otherwise didn't get to witness that, but I get to see y'all do that now. And it's fantastic. And that's all I think about is like, man, this could be different. I don't know what would be different. I'm not saying it'd be bad, but it would be different. And I love what I see now and I know Paul loves it and that's yeah. cool. And I like, uh, that's, 
I, I, yeah. And that, that's one of those things that's hard to pick up the phone and call you be like, Hey man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, no, thank you. That's, yeah. Uh, but I'll challenge. So one greatly appreciate that. I, I think picking up the phone and saying that is a wonderful thing. Yeah. That would like, if someone called you and said that to you about, you know, like even if it was like a super deep thing. It's like a random Tuesday morning at 1045 and Jamie calls you. He's like, Hey man, you know, I was just thinking like how much you've meant to me and like for these reasons or this very specific thing. The only thing that comes out of that is goodness. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a weird, different dynamic conversation that you would normally have. You'd probably yeah. normally be calling Jamie or Jamie would normally be calling you and y'all would be laughing and joking and talking about something ridiculous that Jamie's done. I'm sure. But I just, I don't know. I I think, I mean, how much would it suck if you had that thought and you're like, ah, oh, no, I'll just like tell him later. And the next day, Jamie's gone. Whoa. Why's it gotta be me? You're sitting right there. <laughs> Cause it sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. When we talked about doing this today, you know, I was going back and forth of, we could go a few different directions. This could be funny, but I feel like for me, it's easy to get caught up in talking about work. And even a lot of what I can talk about with work is my, my life balance. But it's funny that can even kind of start to dominate a lot of time. And not that I'm not living life and enjoying friends and family, but I feel like most of what I'm going to be consuming is going to be about work and how to be efficient and how to be better at what I do and how to be a good family man and a good dad and good father. And that one thought I had going into us all getting together today was I want to talk about work and I want to ask those questions, but life so much more. And I really hope that's not all we talk about today. And so like I told you all before we got here, like I kind of had a plethora of questions of where we could go, where this could, you know, where this could lead. And I'm glad it wasn't all about job and job performance. And not, I, no part of me ever thought that's what it was going to be, but it, uh, I appreciate y'all doing this. And I do have one more kind of pointed question. This is actually my, this is a uh, celebrity shot from my sister. What's one thing, and you can give more than one if you want, but what's one thing that you learned from your dad that you want to pass along to your kids? It's a good question. I would say um, the, the word that comes to mind is confidence. He had a ton of confidence in himself of in work, in life, in his ability to when he was working or we were fishing or whatever it is. And so I think that is something that he instilled in me and clay and I would love to instill that in my kids of like whatever it is like I'm quirky I'm weird I'm can be embarrassing at times but if I have this confidence behind me in it then it's it's okay like in 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 work having this confidence of hey I'm gonna ask the difficult questions I'm gonna ask the CEO or the CFO or whoever it is these questions that come to mind, I'm going to have the confidence in knowing that, Hey, he might shoot me down. He might answer me in a great way or, or whatever it is. So I think confidence in life in, in work, um, 
in your day-to-day activities at school, whatever it is, I think that's the thing that I would love to, that dad instilled in me. And I'd love to help instill that in, in my kids as well. Yeah. I don't want to emphasize what Jamie said because he is the master at asking stupid questions. And I say that in the most loving way because there's, there's questions. Seriously, there are questions that everyone has in the room and no one is willing to ask it. And it could, because it seems quote unquote stupid, right? I put stupid in quotation marks. Cause everyone's like, well, I don't know. It sounds like a stupid question or I think, I think it's a stupid question. No question is stupid. And someone has to have the confidence to actually bring it up in a meeting with people who they see as their boss or boss's boss's boss. And Jamie has the confidence to do that. And that makes his company better. And Jamie has better. the confidence to email his COO directly. Correct. I did do that. I know. That's great. <laughs> yeah. My and, area, my area president was mad about it, but I'm like, yo, he scheduled a meeting and I wanted to know about it. Right. So. But you had confidence to do that. And, and of course there's a line with anything in life, but I don't think you ever cross it. And I just think that there's uh, yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to emphasize that, that I think you're the master at that in the most, in the best way possible. As far as what I've learned, there are two things that came to mind. Will you allow me to give both? Absolutely. For those that didn't know dad, he, he swam anytime he was in town. And sometimes when he was out of town, he would swim uh, every morning. And uh, usually with my uncle or our uncle. Dang, where did they swim? NC State. Oh, that's right. NC State. And what does a ram even say? That sounds right. <laughs> and uh, as I look at our national championship posters over here. Dude, sports are sports. Well, the National Football League or whatever, what do I call it? <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's, that's 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 that actually is what, that is what it is. Good one. Interesting. <laughs> I think he said national football champion. That's yeah. right. Whatever. So he would swim every day, and occasionally Jamie and I would go. We swam in high school. But I think what's carried on is just I have a thing about I want to sweat every day. So whether that's getting in the pool, which is rare, but running around with my kids – running, going on a run, going on a bike ride, working out, whatever the thing is. Or just being really nervous. Right, being really nervous. Right now, like, as, as you stay hot daggers baths. in my, Right, hot baths. Hot baths. And so what he's instilled in me that I want to carry on is just be active every day. And, you know, that allowed him to live longer than most patients with his version, kind of the way his uh, disease progressed. He had the more, uh, more of a lung capacity. He had stronger muscles. He he lived longer and he probably was able to meet Walker and Walker was able to meet him because of that. Mm-hmm. And of course he wanted that to carry him 20, 30, 40 years into retirement. It did not. But I think just being active every day is something I want to pass on. The other thing, the first thing that honestly came to mind was he would always say you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And he was a manager leader for many years of his career, uh, managing sales teams and, we'd always have, I always hear him on the phone in his office and he didn't talk a whole lot, but he asked a lot of questions and he listened. And that two ears and one mouth is basically saying, listen twice as much as you talk. And that is wonderful sales advice for anyone in sales, but it's just wonderful life advice. Whether you're talking to a friend, a partner, ask the question and shut up and listen. And then, and then ask another question and shut up and listen. And it's amazing what you can learn from people. And 
I hope to pass that along to my kids that they have the ability to ask great questions and to be quiet and to listen and to be genuinely interested in the answers. Yeah. That's great. Love all that. Good question, Joel's sister. <clears throat> yeah. Do you know her name? Do you know her name? Nope. Ra Ra. We'll leave it at the, oh. Oh. What is her name? Her name's Sarah. But to her nieces, she goes by Ra Ra. Great question, Ra Ra. That's become yeah, that's become uh her ubiquitous name now socially as well. Really? Last fun question from Ra Ra. Would you rather have the power of telekinesis, which is the ability to move things with Thank your mind? Thank you for explaining that because I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I only know or have extreme confidence in what that is because of a show that my kids watch. What show? The Thundermans. Oh, okay. Don't know that one. I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, would you rather have the power of telekinesis, so the ability to move things with your mind, unagi, or semen skin roll? <laughs> Or salmon skin roll? It's a friend's, friends reference. Episode. Yeah, thanks. It's a what? It's a friend's reference. Or would you rather have the ability of teleportation? So the ability to move from one place to another. I'm hesitating. Can I take people along with me on my teleportation? Mm. They're holding my hand. Skin to skin. I'll give you that. So, so yeah, holding. So hold hand. <laughs> you don't have to be naked. So a long-winded like, way of saying, saying yes. You can't be like holding their shirt. Because everyone knows that wouldn't work. Okay, so I basically I can, it, I mean I can hold all three of my. One kids more, hands. yeah. You really find some loopholes on this question. Yes, the eye of the beholder. Yes. Okay. Then I would say teleportation. Why? Because then I could just take my family and we can go. Have I wouldn't lunch. have to deal with road trips. I can, <laughs> we could just I could just go have lunch in Italy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I could go eat dinner or whatever. Or go see a show in Vegas or go, you know, walk, be in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Go hike for a little bit and then teleport home. Yeah. I would do the same thing, but the, uh, the thought of dissolving into billions of little pieces and then hopefully those billions of pieces coming back together would make me nervous every time I teleported. My favorite part about this is <laughs> I don't know if you've actually ever like taken physics. I have. I slept through it a lot. But you're kind of going into the like real science of this that is first of all not real, but that's what you're, that's like the hang up. <laughs> is let me take this non-existent science <laughs> and let that be what worries me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can do a whole other podcast on hypochondriac. So, on hypochondriacism. I don't know if that's a word. So are you picking telekinesis? No, I think I would do teleportation for the exact same reasons of just if I was at the office and I could quickly go, if I come in over here like that, the ability to do that, I'm not saying I would do that all the time. As I say, it sounds like Jamie's going to have the ability to do it and never use it. Yeah. No, I think I would, I, especially, but like also you could get into like, okay, if you're traveling and you have luggage, does your luggage go with you? Oh. So like, that's the other thing where it's like, it's only as cool as you could. No, I guess you'd ship your luggage. But, but if you have telekinesis, you could just move it with you and I'd have to carry it. What would you do? So it's interesting hearing everyone's motivations behind their answers where my mind immediately went was what would be the funniest? And oh, telekinesis is absolutely the funniest. That was what I thought, but that's not where I landed. Teleportation is where I landed. Cause how funny would it be? Picture Jamie like in the shower, soaping it up. And I all of a sudden appear and just go, boom. 
and then disappear. And he goes, ha ah, ah, ha, you know, like <laughs> you could really mess with people with teleportation because it's not like it's this big, like it takes forever to show up or forever. Like you Just, could be yeah, there yeah. and gone in half a second. You could really have some fun with that. Joel, great takeover. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. I thought y'all were going to be asking me questions. I was prepared to talk about myself the whole time, <laughs> but this was great. Hey, listener, it's Clay. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Build with Clay podcast. I encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen so you can discover all the episodes and hear from others about their growth journey. If you know me at all, you know that I love feedback. So please rate the episode and provide your comments so I can grow and be better for you and our guests. For more content, you can find Build with Clay on Instagram at Build with Clay and head to claydavis.substack.com where you can sign up for a bi-weekly newsletter sent directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're inspired to grow.